We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Good evening, folks. You're listening to the Hour of the Time. I'm William Cooper. Is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. Veteran of three foreign wars, entrepreneur, and warrior poet. Tony Arterburn takes on the issues facing our country, civilization, and planet. This is the Arterburn Radio Transmission. Era politics, precious metals, weapons grade truth, cutting edge counterculture, restorationist radio. It's the Arterburn Radio Transmission. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm broadcasting live from beautiful yet icy Branson, Missouri. I'm joined by my co pilot and co host, Beans the Brave, but she has decided to hang out with the crew, and uh, I don't know how to take that. I will fly solo, Beans. I will do this, and maybe she'll wander in uh, halfway through the show. I, I don't know, but we're going to do okay regardless. We've got Beans the Brave in studio. She's in proximity. Uh, we uh, we got a good show for you. I, I read an article yesterday right before I went on the David Knight show, and it was just real briefly, and I mentioned it while I was on air with David about the uh, the role of the the Secret Service in promoting fiat currency in America's early history. I, I, I really had never thought of it that way, but the Mises Institute put out an article. We'll go over that. Uh, I also thought it was great. The World Economic Forum, the WEF, in case you didn't know, they actually uh, uh, aren't anything about economics, but uh, they, have a, they have an article that's up on Kitco about the dangers that we face. They're very concerned about the uh, the challenges that humanity faces over the next many years. And uh, they tell you what that is and what you should be uh, leery of. And we'll, we'll go over that as well. And of course, it's politics, folks. It's an election year. Uh, does it feel like it to you? Do you feel like you're in an, an election year? Uh, I certainly don't. I don't. The, the two major parties, the duopoly, the Democrats, the Republicans. Uh, <laughs> is there anything being offered? Are they even talking to their bases anymore? I mean, I know that the 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 people that are playing, you know, we talk about uh, 4D chess, are the globalist, leftist, the uh, overlord party, the ruling class. They are actually playing some sort of a strategy here, and they're, you know, of course, persecuting Trump making him a martyr and uh, exciting his base that way. But the base of neither party is being excited by anything because the politicians 
aren't even talking anymore about anything the people want. It's just kind of inside baseball, some sound bites, uh, some infighting between candidates. I, I saw that Vivek Ramaswamy was saying that uh, Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley might uh, get together, forge an alliance to uh, take down Trump in the primary. When I find this interesting, I guess if if any of this is real, I, I really don't know anymore. I and mean, we're talking about a selection process at this point. But I, I I found it humorous that Nikki Haley, who by the I've been warning you guys, if you this is almost episode five hundred of the Arterburn Radio transmission, episode one, episode one, you can go back, and that's what I was talking about. Be be very cautious about Nikki Haley. This was before you know the twenty twenty election. This twenty eighteen going into what could have been the primary season for for that election cycle. And I said, you got to watch her. This is the the favorite, the darling of the neocons, the warmongers, the military industrial complex, pretty much anything unholy. Uh, loves Nikki Haley. And she stands for all the things that they that they stand for, you know, which is basically chaos, uh, bloodshed, <laughs> upheaval, empire, all the stuff that I that I loathe. And that's why I have a show. But anyway, she had a an event. Nobody showed up. <laughs> that's and, and that's the way these these politics work now. Don't you remember 2020? Uh, you have uh, candidate Joe Biden, old Uncle Joe, going around the country, can't put three people in a theater, and somehow the most uh, popular president ever had more votes than anybody. Well, there's something wrong with our politics. And you can go into, and that's not just vote fraud, by the way, folks. That's not just stuffing ballot boxes. That's not just the lockdown election that Trump signed off on with the, the mail-in ballots or the mail-out ballots, whatever they are. That's not just that. that that's a, a systemic problem. It's a malignancy that has been created through demographics and through the shifts of the way that that ballot access can be obtained. And I've talked about this for many years. I mean, they're talking about right now, I mean, whatever whatever you think about the polls, okay? So the polls show that Biden is up in Pennsylvania, which, why should that surprise you? John Fetterman, a, a barely coherent slob who wears hoodies to the floor of the Senate, not that that's a sacred place. I think we've seen, we've seen some evidence um, not related to January 6th, that these these buildings aren't uh, that sacred, okay? And, of course, the the evil that emanates from such a lot of bills that are passed there, that's that's not sacred at all, but uh, you get the point. But this out of decorum, you know, kind of in slovenly, and that's the way that the 21st century looks for America, just kind of a, a like a, a flip-flop nation. And you have John Fetterman. He beat Dr. Oz, this TV doctor in Pennsylvania. And I thought, wow, uh, that's the future. And not that Dr. Oz, Dr. Oz was a terrible candidate, but he could speak, you know, like that you got beat by demographics. It didn't matter who John Fetterman was. See, that's where we are. Once something goes blue, if you want to call it that, I don't like that. But once something goes left, once something's kind of like a California, then it's done. It doesn't matter what you are. And it, I think for those who, you know, they, they, they scream democracy, which you and I, dear listener, you know that uh, that is just a, 
made up term that just suits the needs of the elite. Democracy is a favorite word thrown out by uh, the controllers who want to manipulate you. Has nothing to do with actual votes. I mean, Karl Marx loved democracy. Do you think he was a democratic kind of guy or was that a totalitarian person, right? Again, use your brain. But this this is what they throw out, democracy. We got to either we're Woodrow Wilson going to war in, in 1917 to make the world safe for democracy, which it didn't. It made the world safe for Hitler and Stalin. Or we're George W. Bush. We're going to democratize mankind. We're going to take us. We're going to fight fight them over there so not to fight them over here with the evildoers. We're going to democratize them. Well, that again, just a tool for the elites has nothing to do with actual freedom. And I say that because now you have states that are revoking ballot access for candidates like Trump, and he won't be the only one. And they, they already do this, by the way, in several states. Um, Texas, I've said this many times, look it up. If you vote in the primary, if you vote, if you're a voter in the primary, you support a candidate in the primary. If you made a donation in the primary, you can't run in the general election. And a little known fact before that, before you even thought about it, like, I don't like either one of these candidates. I'm going to be a candidate on the ballot. It's my constitutional right. You can't do that because you didn't send them a letter of intent the year before. That's the way our ballot. So that's, that's the precious democracy that they're always holding up. So I don't know much about the election other than they're having a primary. There, we probably could have solved uh, veteran homelessness with the amount of money that these egotists and these narcissists waste on, you know, remember Jeb Bush? He raised $150 million for what in 2015, 2016? $150 million. We could have changed, you could change, you could, you could take something in America and solve a problem for generations with that kind of money. And these guys run around and they just raise it and blow it. I kind of like Mike Bloomberg. I think Mike Bloomberg spent about that much in the 2020 election during the, uh, the primaries. This is where we are, folks. All right. Uh, let's jump into this article, talk about a little bit of, uh, a little bit of hidden history. This is up on Zero Hedge. Again, it came out a few days ago. But uh, cool little... <laughs> Little uh, backdrop for the enforcement of fiat currency. And again, it's from the Mises Institute. Joshua Glasson wrote it. America's first <laughs> in fiat money Gestapo, the untold history of the Secret Service. So there is an untold story in American monetary history. Uh, some are reluctant to even discuss it. Well, not me, right? going to go and dive right into we'll read the whole article i'm referring to the u.s secret service's very own role in destruction of sound money in america as constitutional sound money in the form of physical gold and silver coins whether minted privately or not became an annoying impediment to expanding the size of government or the power of the federal government central planners began circulating unbacked paper proxies and formed a gestapo-like police agency to enforce the scheme Founded in 1865, toward the tail end of the American Civil War, the Secret Service originated as a branch of the U.S. Treasury Department. The primary job of the federal police force was to prevent others from counterfeiting the U.S. currency, which had just been nationalized through acts of Congress via the National Act of 1863 
and the Coinage Act of 1864. Together, these acts form what are commonly known as the National Banking Acts of 1863 and 64. These Washington, D.C. laws imposed taxes with a levy uh, in a court system and implemented direct taxation. This led to the country's first income tax. Well, if you remember that this was a, it's the first time we had anything resembling the income tax was, and always the excuse, is war. It's a civil war. The government also strengthened the establishment of the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS, which had conveniently begun operation in 1862. You know, again, born out of war, born out of civil unrest, strife, like never let a good crisis go to waste. Conjointly, these propped up the new federal fiat currency system. From around 1837 through part of the Civil War, currency issuance and banking in America had been directed by a more decentralized network of states and free banking institutions. These entities issued banknotes that could be cashed in for standardized gold or silver coins traded for goods and services. Well, this is kind of like when I talked about last couple of weeks, if you look on this uh, $20 bill from 1950, it has a really small and small print up in the uh, far left-hand corner. It says that this is a, a note uh, that is, can be used for debts, public and private and is redeemable in lawful money, right? Lawful money. This isn't money. That's where they made the magic trick. And uh, this is what this is alluding to. And, of course, this, this time period of 1837 up until 1862, this was still the period where Andrew Jackson had killed the second bank of the United States, and they didn't have a central bank. So these private banks would issue notes. From around 1837 through part of the Civil War, currency issuance and banking in America had been directed by a more decentralized network. During the Civil War, however, both sides issued their own banknotes to help fund their respective war efforts, often unbacked by the two monetary medals. The Union pushed for forth a greenback fiat currency and demand notes. At the same time, the Confederates printed uh, fiat graybacks in the form of Confederate dollars and Confederate treasury notes. The number of fiat dollars in the bank and region in the new era would largely be based on population rather than gold and silver reserves, which in one reason, the Union continued to encourage immigration both for fiat monetary support and war efforts. The Union pushed to expand American territories through these acts to increase population and issuance of government fiat money. Since the Union and Congress sought to impose a federal fiat legal tender system that did not uh, rely on tangible value and voluntarism, they needed enforcement of those laws. So this is where the Secret Service comes in. Those supporting laws included income taxes and establishing the IRS, the war, economic strife and competition between currencies and created various types of counterfeit currency. Government officials made haughty claims that the one in three fractional gold or silver coins at the time were counterfeit and did not contain their original gold or silver weight. By decreasing the amount of gold and silver in a coin, a counterfeiter could turn a profit. Yet these government hypocrites had no qualms about mandating 
that unbacked fiat currency must be considered legal legally equal to gold and silver coinage, nor did they object to the illicit profit this enabled the central government to take in. Sadly, the U.S. Supreme Court notoriously affirmed this devious scheme while deciding the, quote, legal tender cases, unquote, considered by many legal scholars, including present-day justices on the high court, to have been wrongly decided. As such, the government changed the definition of money and citizens could henceforth be compelled to accept non-redeemable paper as equal to gold and silver coins. On April 14, 1865, President Lincoln signed legislation establishing the Secret Service to combat counterfeit money, the non-government type, (laughs) that is. Later that same day, Lincoln was assassinated as he died on April 15th. Isn't that interesting? That's the legacy of the Secret Service. From 1865 to 1901, the Secret Service's main mission was to provide or was to bust private counterfeiting operations. In 1881, President James Garfield was assassinated, interestingly, not too long after publicly advocating for a return to the gold standard. Then in 1901, with the assassination of President William McKinley and under the new presidency of Theodore Roosevelt, the Secret Service was given the additional task of defending U.S. presidents. Uh, Of course, McKinley's assassination uh, occurred a year earlier after he signed the Gold Standard Act of 1900, which halted bimetallism by diminishing the monetary role of silver. It's interesting, just a side note, that's what the entire allegory of The Wizard of Oz is all about. Like, you know, (laughs) like William Jennings Bryan is the cowardly lion. Uh, the yellow brick road, it leads to the Emerald Palace, which is the greenback. And then, of course, uh, uh, Dorothy clicks her silver slippers, not her ruby slippers in the book. It's silver. This was a big issue at the turn of the 19th into the 20th century. Free silver was the cry, you know, to because uh, we had such a strong dollar, like literally the gold backed dollar from 1879. And it was uh, stronger and stronger every year. It was harder to get out of debt. And so they talked about, let's issue, you know, silver dollars. Let's make it, let's ease the money supply. The Secret Service grew from its original role of helping to ram, ramrod a new fiat currency standard into a much larger police force that also protects the U.S. presidents. A full 50 years before the Christmas Eve passage of the Federal Reserve Act of 1913, Congress had already set in motion a plan to rob our nation's monetary system of all its gold and silver. It slip, slip in a fiat currency into circulation, promote fractional reserve banking, stamp out state and private banknotes, strengthen the IRS, and spawn the Secret Service to help enforce it all. The solution is to return to a free market for money, a system of competition where gold and silver are permitted to circulate alongside other forms of payment and to remove government force from the equation. May the best currency win. I thought this was interesting, and it's it's just in my wheelhouse. You know, there's so many factors that go into the the history of of our monetary system, and if you follow it from its inception, we this this bimetallic system, you know, set up uh, in the the late uh, 1700s, 1790s, 
we get the you know gold and silver ratio. It's 16 to 1, uh, set up by Alexander Hamilton. We have a silver dollar. It's mod modeled off the Spanish model of the, of the Spanish dollar, the silver dollar. That goes into throughout the 19th century, and there's these stops and starts where you have like the second bank of the U.S. This was a Rothschild-controlled operation. Uh, that was thrown out by you know Andrew Jackson, popular will. They decentralized it into smaller banks, and banks would issue notes based on their gold reserves, and some of it was fractional reserve banking. But fra even fractional reserve banking is nothing compared to what actually what fiat currency is. Fiat is just completely untethered, unlimited uh, currency creation. And when you go into that history, what you find is that's the root of all the corruption, like all that that that's the origin story of where you find like a deep state. A, that's all funded by fake money. You know, you have the the corruption on Wall Street, these giant multinational corporations, they're using you. And there's a maybe we need to break this down again, but there's a there's a a book, a technical manual that we can argue about its validity, but it's very interesting. It was found in an IBM copier, copier in 1986. It was supposedly drafted on May 1st, 1979. It's called Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. And the first chapter is about money as energy. It's really a technical manual for the Illuminati, how the elite would control people through the use of energy in the banking system. It's alchemical. It's, it's very much Luciferian. And if you read that technical manual, it's it's their way of making sure that the average man or woman will never get out of the prison that fiat currency puts them in and all of the things that it supports because they need your energy to chase it to make it real. Like if you stopped using it, it would just die on in and of itself. Gold and silver would still be there and it would still be valuable. But fiat needs money velocity and that's where you get that's why it's so diabolical why I talk about it all the time, because you can you can dance around and talk about all these, you know, that's a deep state player or this is a this is something from the New World Order. or That's part of the Great Reset. Yeah. Well, how do they get that? How do they fund it? That's what I'm interested in is how do they get their power? How do they how do they control so much of our culture? Well, that's it. And they use and this. I thought this was a good example. You know, and I had. Last week, I still had a $5 bill on my desk that was issued by the Kennedy administration. And it is one of the only times in history that you have notes direct from the Treasury. They don't say Federal Reserve note. They're just something that JFK did. He also signed an executive order on silver. And this article mentions uh, Lincoln well, and the greenback. And uh, part of that was to you know ease the money supply to pay for the war effort by just basically creating notes from the treasury get you get you to use those notes because they couldn't back up the gold standard they were trying to pay you know, in all the what you would hear a hundred years later with guns and butter you know <laughs> uh, the the great society on the mekong delta with the uh, lbj that's what that that's where that comes from so those two presidents by the way did the same thing you took the they started creating a fiat currency lbj did that it just wasn't called that they took the silver out of our out of our coins starting in 1965 but those two presidents, Lincoln and Kennedy, made notes direct from the Treasury. Treasury, they were both shot in the head in public. There's only two, and those. And by the way, Lincoln was on the note. I don't know. I find that just history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. 
All right. Some, so something interesting there. I thought we would delve into the, the Secret Service and always you're always going to find something interesting from the Mises Institute for sure. I love those libertarian think tanks. And uh, thinking, uh, speaking of li libertarians, I've got uh, Anarchapoco next month. I'll be down there speaking in Acapulco, Mexico. Anarchapoco, Charlie Robinson's emceeing. I, I mean, there's going to be so many people there uh, that are in the crypto space, that are in the, the freedom and liberty space, pro-human. Uh, you know, again, it's, a, it's an honor. I'm going to be down there speaking. I'm going to be able to network. Wise Wolf is the gold and silver sponsor. And uh, I'm sure we'll have a great time. I'll send you guys. I, I'm, I'll do a show from there. As long as I have internet connection, I'll be able to do. I'll do a show, maybe some shorts. You guys will get to um, uh, get some clips of me down in Mexico, down Mexico way. All right, let me uh, go to the Rockfin chat. Not real busy over there, but Rhonda Tate, Max B, thanks for uh, being over in the Rockfin chat. I need to pull up. We're live on freeworld.fm pull up the free world chat and see if i've got anything over in the free world chat this is uh free world is is really taking off i'm having a good time it's like uh liz the iron maidens in there uh and christ fancy civilian hey thanks for thanks for being in the chat guys i appreciate you all right well we're gonna this is the art of radio transmission we don't slow down we almost never even plug uh, but i did uh I didn't want to plug today. We've got a couple of different things that are helpful, especially in the, the coming months and years. We've got 87,000 new IRS agents, ladies and gents, and uh, this isn't going away. Uh, your local Republican rep, uh, they are not going to help. <laughs> They're not going to stop the, uh, the, the, the enforcement of the fiat system they need they need to make sure that you are punished and that you are not able to compete with their multinational donors so they're going to crush you with the uh the over regulation and intimidation from the irs and uh, one of the ways that you can protect yourself is by having a legal shield membership i've been with them for 20 plus years i have them for all of my businesses for myself personally i've never let my membership lapse. I've been with them for 20 plus years. Again, I bought it at 22 years old before I went into Iraq. My grandfather was a rep for them. And um, I put up a landing page called peoplesprotectionplan.com. That's peoplesprotectionplan.com. Go check that out. It, the reason I say this is not, not only you, you need to have a will done, you need to know that the state's not going to be involved in your affairs. They do that. That's part of your membership, less than a dollar a day protects you and your family, any dependents that you have living in your home under the age of 25, it's going to protect you on moving violations. You get a ticket, you get a speeding ticket, send it to your law firm. They'll help you uh, reduce the points, negotiate it, all that good stuff. That's just part of your membership. Uh, they will uh, help you in lawsuits. Like over time, I've uh, accumulated like 400 plus hours of court time before I even have to cut a check. Um, by the way, that's more court time than the OJ trial. <laughs> So I have like, I have a, a massive amount of court time uh, in case I'm ever sued and all the, you could too. You just build it up over time, less than a buck a day, but it protects you on audits, IRS audits. You have a, you can call up your attorney, unlimited consultation, peoplesprotectionplan.com. I'm going to be plugging that more and more. Uh, I, uh, I have uh, Charlie Robinson, his audience has been 
really uh, leaning into that. And I, I'm glad because we need more and more products that are going to help people, uh, not just to support the show, but help you. I mean, it's it's something that, uh, again, uh, it's going to be needed. They pick up the phone, 24-7 access uh, to know your rights. All right, let's jump into some more stories. This is my show. I'm, of course, we're going to, we usually knock out more stories than anybody in an hour. All right, let's do, uh, oh, this is the one I, w- I wanted to talk about with disinformation and uh, the WEF. Yeah, they're, uh, they're really interested in economics, <laughs> the economics of themselves, their, their own personal economics, not real economics. This is up on Kitco yesterday. I thought it was great. Disinformation and deglobalization are the top 2024 risk amid busy election season. This is according to the WEF. The rapidly deteriorating globalization trend, which is eroding systemic trust, poses the biggest risk for the global economy in the next two years, according to the latest research from the World Economic Forum. The global risk, in 2024 was published Wednesday as world leaders gathered in Davos, Switzerland for the 54th annual WEF. The report said misinformation and disinformation are the biggest short-term risks, while extreme weather and critical changes to Earth's systems are the greatest long-term threats. Well, hey, do I agree with the World Economic Forum? Well, in a way, uh, the uh, <laughs> the disinformation and misinformation coming from the uh, news agencies that are owned by pretty much two to three holding companies and subsidiaries of multinational corporations, uh, 80 or 90% at least owned by two companies. Do I think that misinformation is is happening all around me and has been happening my entire life? Uh, yeah, it's a real problem. That's why we have an alternative media. <laughs> so that's why that's why there's a that's why that nobody is anybody even paying attention anymore. You have viewers, you know, people like didn't didn't Tucker increase his audience when he went to X when he just broadcast on Twitter? Again, people finally, I think. And it's not it's not happening as fast as I would like, but misinformation, Operation Mockingbird, writ large, through the intelligence communities and through the uh, multinational corporations, giving you that's why nobody's is anybody interested in this election yet. I mean, what's going on? Do they they're not even talking about anything that the people are interested in really? Just so just personalities, cults of personalities versus the other the personality it has nothing to do with what's happening in America or the world for that matter. And again, they say that changes to the Earth system. Well, yeah, you're geoengineering my skies without my permission. I looked up yesterday; it was a beautiful day, and then I it's just crisscrossing the sky. And I know that you know people that are afraid to uh, have any sort of insight into the workings of uh, Luciferian goblins who run our our government. But if you look up, you're going to see a Manhattan-style project that is going on without your permission. That's not water vapor. It's not a contrail. Contrails disappear. They don't turn into clouds and weather systems. It's called geoengineering. And they're doing it, and not one of these candidates is talking about it. Oh, they'll talk about personalities, and they'll talk about this and that. 
and they'll hem and haw around the edges, but they're not talking about the things that we actually need to get out in the open and find out what the hell is going on. And uh, again, that's why I'm already bored of politics this season. At the same time, the report noted that two-thirds of global experts anticipate a multipolar or fragmented order to take shape over the next decade. Well, of course, the World Economic Forum has been saying this. I played this on my show in 2019 when I was talking about the Great Reset long before COVID-1984. Long before that, I was talking about the Great Reset. And I followed that because I looked at things like the World Economic Forum, who would run the commercial that said I would own nothing and be happy. And you know what? If you go look at that commercial, do you know what it says? It says for you to imagine, kind of like a, the John Lennon song. You're supposed to imagine a world where the United States is not the lone superpower. That's the first thing it starts out with. So they'd like that. They like a fractionalized. And to them, uh, what they're worried about is nationalism coming in and hardening the people uh, away from joining the, again, the one world totalitarian socialist government that they want to create, the top-down order, which they break that up into regions. That's how that works. It's broken up into regions, and then it's consolidated under one ruling thing. And so sovereignty is bad. That's why they're saying that the top risks are deglobalization. The growing disinformation risk comes as 40 countries, including the U.S., Russia, and the European Union, will hold elections this year. Pushed out to two years, the WEF said that nearly 3 billion people are expected to head to the electoral polls around the world. The widespread use of misinformation and disinformation and tools to disseminate it may undermine the legitimacy of newly elected governments. Well, I think that's their favorite thing. And the more people pay attention to the elections, the more they're going to have questions, the more delegitimate these things are. The more you pay attention, like, hey, why, why am I punching in this thing on this little box that's controlled by someone I can't see? Why can't it be a paper ballot in a giant glass box? Why can't we have, you know, a poll watchers? Why can't we do that? Why can't we have a record of every ballot cast? I mean, you don't, the, the powers that be want you to have an ID for everything. Did you get the, did you get your magic juice? Did you get the, the jab? Did you get your Fauci ouchie? You get all that stuff. Did you get your genetic code injection. You got to have your ID. And if you want to buy any ammo, well, good luck. You know, you got to have your ID. You got to have your ID to, I mean, to drive this, drive your car, but not to vote, vote early, vote often, you know, get your, get it's multiple. You got to make sure it sticks. So do it three or four times with these multiple ballots, just mail them in. Cause you're too sick. It doesn't even matter. You know, it's, we don't want to get out there and be exposed to nothing. That's, that should be a tell. Uh, this is this is amazing that uh, they live in a different world, the Davos elite. 
Along with growing disinformation concerns, the WEF said that the ongoing cost of living crisis created by stubborn inflation and a potential economic slowdown remains a significant risk in 2024. Why do we have inflation? Does the WEF, the World Economic Forum, ever delve into that? Does the World Economic Forum know that we have 52 times more currency today than we did in 1980? Has that made you more prosperous? I saw that there's a a meme floating around, and I hate to dispel the the logic in it. I mean, it's it's technically right and wrong at the same time, but it has a, a kilogram bar of gold. And it said, you know, 10 of these in 1920 would buy you an average house. And then it says 10 of these in 2024 will buy you an average house. Well, that's kind of true, but it should be a 10 ounce bar, not a kilogram bar. A kilogram is 32 ounces and some change. So it's like, that would be like $600,000 It's not, versus $200,000. But you, uh, you get what I'm saying. Um, but they're right about that. And there's something there's something to that that the elites they don't want you to know that because it's just inflation happens we got to tackle inflation well how do you tackle inflation with fake money <laughs> it's you know <laughs> it's a, there's it's very Ill- illogical right if i'm going to be channel dr spock you can't do it it's a it's a snake eating its own tail matter of fact you can't pay down the debt folks because once you have a fiat banking system, the Federal Reserve, if you needed to pay off the debt, you'd have to create more debt. And that's designed that way. Again, go go look up Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. Read Chapter 1. I, I might just do that next week. I didn't plan on it. Maybe we'll just bring it back. We'll dive into that. That's an important historical document. Whether or not, wh- whatever its true origins are. Again, found in an IBM copier in 1986 at an estate sale and somebody took it and made copies of the copy and it was uh, dated May 1st, 1979. May 1st is the birthday of the Illuminati, right? That's why also it's the celebrated day for communism because they're related <laughs> because they're the same thing. All right, folks, let's, um, we got a little bit of time left. There was a, an article up. Oh, I want to get both of these in. we'll see if we can do both. There's an article on, on, on RoboCop, the, the new uh, RoboCops for shopping. Let me close this out. But Natural News had an article about uh, seven wars are happening right now, and America is behind them all. It's not what you think, but it is interesting. This kind of a thought experiment going into, you know, what when we say we're at war with something, what does that mean? You know, there's a war on drugs. You know, there's a with a COVID war. I mean, I had a war on that. You know, uh, not exactly effective. All right, let's uh, let's jump into this article. Let me put this up on the screen real quick. Beans did come back, by the way. She's she. I think she examined uh, the situation. She heard that I was live on air and decided not to let me. Not to let me. Uh, broadcast on my own so we big thanks to beans uh, seven wars happening right now and america's behind them all this is naturalnews.com uh, sd wells i found this link through uh, lou rockwell 
but I wanted to, I wanted to jump in this. It says, remember the war on terrorism? Whatever happened to that? <laughs> it sounds like my show. That's <laughs> what I've been saying for what happened to it. Supposedly a couple dozen years back, a bunch of illegal immigrants flew some planes into some tall buildings in New York city, except both buildings constructed with 200,000 tons of steel were reduced to rubble demolition style. Not to mention a third building a half a mile away that would never even got hit. <laughs> it also went down, right? An intelligent person would have to question the official narrative and be highly suspect of the whole thing as uh, an inside job. If you think polit U.S. politicians could never be so evil, think again. Here's some food for thought about the seven wars happening right now, which most U.S. citizens simply can't get their heads around. Plus the fact that the USA is behind all of them, funding them, capitalizing off of them, and capturing a globalist initiative to greatly reduce the world's population and turn America into a communist hellhole run by tyrants. I, I like this language. Uh, this is apropos. Let's take a look inside and see what's going on so the, the people who haven't been completely brainwashed and hypnotized can fight the good fight and help save the republic. There's the top seven wars happening right now with evil U.S. politicians and globalist billionaires catapulting them all. These days, the second someone sees or hears the word war, they usually think of Ukraine or Gaza since those wars are splattered and scattered uh, all over the mass media on social media 24-7, 365. But there are other wars just as deadly and just as staged and most Americans have no clue what they are uh, and how what a big threat they are to life, liberty, and health. Here's no, war number one. Uh, the war on illegal immigration. Number two, the war on biological terrorism, lab-designed diseases. Number three, the war on vaccines, the mRNA especially. Uh, number four, the war on fraudulent elections. Number five, the war on fake climate change. Number six, the war on information. And number seven, and finally, the war on mental immunity. The war on illegal immigration also includes the war on human trafficking. And that's the one huge reason our borders are wide open right now. Illegal immigration is not some accidental leak at the border or some democratic way of giving unfortunate people a chance at a better life, but rather it is a planned attack on democracy, safety, fair elections, the economy, and American prosperity. There is a war on our bodies waged by eugenicists who want nothing more than to eliminate several billion people from the planet Earth using what they call vaccinations, even though the mRNA immune system hijacking jabs don't even qualify for the term. In case you were not aware, of one of the main reasons the U.S. is funding the Ukraine war is to protect our bio labs and NATOs in Ukraine that create gain-of-function viruses and other biological weapons of mass destruction. Let that sink in for a minute, he said. Another war is being waged on democracy and fair elections where the pandi pandemic, also called the plandemic and scamdemic, were used and planned so that tens of millions of fake and faulty ballots could be used to put puppet Biden and his regime in power. No doubt something else similar is on the way for the next POTUS, uh, and that's coming in 10 months. 
the fake war on climate change is the hokiest war of them all. The narrative has shifted so many times. You'd have to be brainwashed, hypnotized, illiterate, and fully vaccinated to believe it. Now they say that human humans breathing is uh, that's funny. Humans breathing is uh, causing global warming as the oceans consume all of the coastal cities, not, and the acid rain burns up all the farms across the globe. Also not happening. I, I think of this, uh, I saw the headline about, uh, humans not breathing. I I'd like to give a shout out to my first squad leader in the army, <laughs> Sergeant Pearson, who became a history professor. And he wrote me years ago, years ago, before, before cultural Marxism hit the fever dream pitch that it is now. And, uh, he said, I think I want to advocate a international hold your breath day to save the planet. <laughs> it's like we should get, hold your breath for as long as you can. It, it, indefinitely, if you love the earth and you'll never breathe, the, something like that, right? And uh, that could, you could actually get people to sign off on that. We should do that. Somebody should uh, have a international hold your breath day. We'll get some celebrities to back it. Just uh, stop breathing you know, for the love of earth. It's so funny. It, this, the narrative is so skewed and truth is so upside down. And I love it when people, uh, I've been called a climate denier. And then I've stopped that mid, like, no, absolutely not. I believe in man-made climate change. They, you, you do? Of course I do. I see them changing the climate every single day. See, that'll stump them. They don't know what to do with that. They don't know, like, you're agreeing with them, but you're also implying that we're doing it, which we are, and uh, some shadowy government agency. And it kind of just, it just shatters so many myths at the same time. Like who's actually in charge and your votes and all that stuff. And then who has your permit, who has permission to do this? And that they're actually changing the climate, which they are, which is the most ironic thing. And uh, I'm just still waiting for somebody who cares enough about the truth to say that like just kind of get into one of these uh, press conferences with some of these shills and do this live on air where it can't be retracted where they just say oh absolutely i agree and then just start laying out the case for the geoengineering that's going on by all these governments especially things like nato go look it up folks look up the nato countries and uh chemtrails and i mean it's it's mind-blowing this wasn't around when i was a kid and the, it, if you're if you have half a brain, then you'll get it too. Just look it up. And it's not in your it's not in the Iowa caucuses, okay? None of these none of these idiots are talking about it. And it's infuriating. I have to follow politics. Whatever. Fake news is so bad now that even though they change the narrative multiple times per day, the gullible sheep will still believe every word that's said, printed, and posted on the internet, the boob tube, and the papers. This is the war on information. And there's a doctor who may have just figured out exactly why the news changes every day, contradicting everything they've already sworn as the truth while the masses still gobble it up, forgetting all of the previous lies proven as such. It's called the war on mental immunity. And Dr. Michael Nels just wrote a book on it. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> well, this is, uh, I think, is a very astute breakdown of pretty much everything that is wrong 
we have these wars that are going on, but you got to remember the wars are being waged against you. What what's the border called? It's the what do I call it? The uh, weapons of mass immigration. Does it, does it mean these people are bad? No, it's just you can't a country that doesn't have a border and a system of laws and and some sort of organization. That's an operation, folks, and it's a it's a multi pronged operation. So you get like governors like. Greg Abbott in Texas who jokes about it or gives you lip service. And instead of, you know, doing anything about border security, he gives $200 million uh, to a shell corporation out of Frisco, Texas to do contact tracing. I know he's a hero to the, uh, keep Texas red. I'm like guys, for the love of all things, holy, like these Republicans and these people that are elected to, to, to give you a lullaby, I call them hospice care conservatives. They're very much hospice care for you. It's like, yeah, they'll hold your hand and they'll just tell you, I agree with you. It used to be a great country, you know, as you die. <laughs> that's what they're that's what they're there for. Nice, comfortable hospice care. They're not gonna actually help you. You know, they're gonna agree with you. Oh, sure. You know, but that's what it's all about. Open borders is an operation. And it's meant to make you feel and not only uh it's not only meant to like bring in people that could be a, uh, a variable, a chaos operation, you know, chaos, but it's meant to make you feel powerless. They want you to feel powerless. You keep voting for these people and they just look at you and say, I just need some more money. We get down there at the border and boy, if, the, if it wasn't for Biden and if you have Trump, they say, well, he just surrounded. <laughs> Come on. You know, it, the show goes on, though, doesn't it? The show goes on. Always. All right, I got a couple of minutes. Let's do this. Uh, this was fun. I'll get just, I don't have much time, but remember Wolfpack.gold, too, folks. Uh, that's a sponsor of the program. Keeps the show on air. Wolfpack.gold, wisewolfgoldandsilver.com. Wolfpack is the inverse to what the elite gold and silver companies want. You know, these... They get upset if you don't have five grand or 10 grand or 50 grand. And uh, I made something exactly, I do, that's what I do most of the time. I just look and see what the big guys are doing and I do something different. So I, it's going to complete 180. It's for the average person, the, the person who's trying to keep the lights on and uh, still cares about having savings and wants some precious metals. And that's called Wolfpack. Starts at 50 bucks a month. We buy your metals for you, give you some variety. All right, this is technocracy.news. Uh, shoppers fume at, uh, quote, Robocop in supermarket aisles. And when I saw this, I was thinking of the Ed 209. I think Ed 209 should be brought into Target. Uh, shoplifting has always been a problem, but turning stores into a uh, panopticons, what is that? I don't know how to say that. Uh, isn't the solution big box stores that exhibit technocratic anti-human behavior by cutting staff and then treating customers like criminals should be shamed into oblivion. <laughs> this is a safe pod S one. It hoovers up all conceivable data in the environment, including facial scans, audio conversations, movements, and details about appearance. <laughs> Morrison's is using uh, RoboCop cameras in supermarket aisles to stop customers from stealing expensive booze. It installed uh, branded Safer Pods S1 next to alcohol as a deterrent against the shoplifting epidemic 
plaguing Britain. The stationary four-legged safety devices are equipped with HD cameras and state-of-the-art 120 dB siren systems to alert against thieves. They were powered by solar batteries and can be moved around the store to problem areas while operated by a control room via an app. Morrison's is currently reviewing the results of their trial in a handful of stores over the Christmas period. <laughs> well, there's much more to the articles on technocracy.news. There's a picture of uh, the Safer Pod 1. You know, every time I go to one of these uh, multinational, all, all the essential stores, they're essential, by the way. Don't forget that. You know, after March 13th, 2020, when President Fauci said, you know, you're, you, you got one essential set of people and you got non-essentials, which are you, you're Americans, the people that work, we got to get rid of them. Uh, we just need multinationals, the essentials. Whenever I go to one of these essential businesses, I didn't know that they got my letter. I want to be a cashier. Don't you want to be a cashier when you grew up? See, cause I, I, I know when I go to a store, the, the, what I want to do is check myself out, <laughs> but now they have the robots to watch me. So instead of, you know, having a, maybe making a decent profit and having a great store that employs people and promotes humanity and community, we have the ed 209 in the aisles. So thanks for that multinational corporations. All right, folks, uh, we'll be back next week. Tune in. Uh, all new Paratruther is going to drop this weekend. Uh, part one of our series on UFOs. I'll put that out this weekend. We've got an uh, interview with Don Jeffries on his new book coming up. Uh, Wise Wolf Golden Crypto Show on Monday. Uh, go check that out. Anywhere podcasts are found, please follow the show. Arterburn.news is my website uh, from Beans the Brave and the rest of the crew here at Wise Wolf. You guys have a great weekend. Take care of each other. End of transmission.